From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello and welcome to episode 177 of the Anxiety Project podcast. I am Brad Robinson, here to talk about habits, the behaviors of an anxiety sufferer, but more importantly, how you can use your behaviors to get yourself out of the anxiety hole you are in. Now, I get all the time people online, they say, I can't seem to get into these new habits like meditation, or I can't seem to discipline myself with reading instead of watching TV. I, I, I keep catching myself or I, or the TV keeps controlling me, right? Like I can't seem to control what it, me and, and resisting the, the TV or reassurance seeking or Google. And so in this episode, I want to dive more into what you can do to break out of the patterns you're currently running, how you can do that, why it's important to do that, and also why you people why there is such a strong resistance to to shifting. Because when you actually shift your behaviors, you can change your physiology. You can change your mindset. You just have to discipline yourself, and that's what we're going to cover today. But before we dive in, you know the drill. I love to go over your comments, questions, concerns over previous episodes, starting with Billy Kidd. He leaves a comment on the YouTube uh, version of the podcast, uh, episode 174, The Media and Mental Health. He says, I think a lot the same way you do. Just found you today on here and glad I did. It's really nice to hear it come from someone else. Most people think it's crazy talk when you start seeing how the media, the news, with your eyes and ears, pick up, affect the mind, which affects emotional states. Absolutely, I agree. So it's nice to hear somebody else talk about it for a change. Great video. Well, thank you, Billy, for the comment. Lyle says, I 100% agree with the journaling and I highly recommend it. I've noticed a huge shift in my negative thinking. Just getting all those distressing and disturbing thoughts onto paper helps ease my anxiety. I agree. It helps get all the clutter out there. And it's also such a meditative exercise because when you start to write the distressing thoughts onto paper, I'm sure you can feel the resistance of confronting the truth, right? And confronting the truth, which I'll touch upon in this podcast, is important for anxiety recovery, is for healing, right? The truth is necessary to face in order to heal. Jan E says, I'm a recent listener and thank God I found you. Well, I'm good. I'm glad you found me, Jan E. Been suffering for ages, and now I have you to relate to. So inspiring. I am now more hopeful to recover. Thank you, Jan E. And yeah, I'm sure coming across my videos, 
is a huge paradigm shift for you. And and I, I noticed for a lot of people, it's a huge, huge paradigm shift because they don't realize the patterns that they're running until they watch a video of me who, if you don't know, I used to suffer from GAD, generalized anxiety disorder. And when I talk about my experiences and the steps I took to get out of it, it's like it blows their mind, right? Because they think they're special and unique and there's no one else like them. Their parents don't understand them. Their partners don't understand them. And so when they come across me, they relate to just everything about what I'm saying. So I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm so grateful that the content resonates with you and I'm grateful that it helps as well. So now let's dive into our habits and how and why breaking out of them is important to recover and to heal. So when you begin to shift your patterns, you're going to feel like an imposter. You're going to feel like a phony. It's going to seem difficult, right? And no wonder, because it's something new. It's novel to you. And that's the cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is feeling, thinking, and behaving in a manner you're not accustomed to. So you say, okay, today's the day. You wake up. You start to journal, you meditate, and then a part of you says, this isn't the real me. The real me woke up, didn't even make the bed, ate whatever's in the fridge, drank two cups of coffee, and ran out the door. So now you're getting up at a different time, so that's going to cause a shift in your lifestyle, not only your circadian rhythm, but just you know, you know, you just think you're not going to sustain this because your unconscious is like, this isn't what I'm familiar with. And so now you feel like an imposter when you, when you begin and you'll stumble forward. You'll feel like, oh, I'm not doing this properly. I'm not meditating properly. I'm bad at this, but do it badly because doing it badly is better than not doing it at all. And you have to be the fool in order to become the master. So embrace the difficulty. Embrace the failures. You know, make friends with failure. And sometimes people, like myself, they get to a dark place. They get to a really painful place in their life. And they have no choice but to strive upwards. And they're desperate. I was desperate. I was suffering week after week. And I was desperate enough. Okay, like I started to connect the dots. I started to say, okay, my parents aren't helping me. My doctor's not helping me. I'm, you know, I'm trying to solve this problem. And anxiety sufferers are trying to solve the problem by Googling, by going to their doctor, by talking to their friends and family. And they start to realize, well, I'm crazy. I'm not getting anywhere. What's going on? It's, it's the brain. It's trying to solve the problem. That's what it's doing, right? And so for me, looking at all of the things I did, Googling, doctors, parents, nothing was working. So I went online and then I found people who overcame this thing called anxiety, health anxiety. 
to be more precise. And that blew my map wide open. I related to these people, just like how I talked about at the beginning of this podcast, how you guys relate to me. That's how I felt, right? And that's what drove me to do the podcast in the first place. So then I want you to ask yourself, okay, you're, you're stuck in this hole of anxiety. You seem, it seems hopeless. It seems like you're hitting a brick wall all the time. I want you to ask yourself, are my current behaviors, my habits, producing the results I want? No. Then isn't any change to my routine, your routine, now necessary? Isn't any change necessary at this point? And the sufferer, they may think, feel that change will generate more pain and anxiety. And that's somewhat true, but it they use it as an excuse. Yes, the resistance can feel like, yeah, this isn't, it's making things worse. But things have to get worse before they get better. An example of this is when you go to the gym. It's painful, but the results come. You look at yourself in the mirror, you feel stronger, you look stronger, right? But you have to go through the pain. Now, when you change your habits, it's unfamiliar. And you experience a strong resistance to this unfamiliar routine. But aren't these new habits healthy? Do they not calm down the sympathetic nervous system, which is your anxiety, your stress response? Doesn't it calm that down? Because an anxiety sufferer, that system is always on. It can be painful to spend that quality time meditating or that spending that time alone listening to your role models or cleaning up your room or uh, reading that book. It can be painful to spend that time with yourself because the pain starts to magnify, right? You've been in this routine for a long time of hanging out with your friends maybe or smoking weed maybe or drinking alcohol maybe. And once once you sacrifice those habits... What happens in your day? There's wide open gaps. And that causes a lot of anxiety for people because they don't know what to do with those gaps in their day. But you have to replace them with other habits. And you have to stick with those habits until you see the results. You have to push through the pain of something new in order to see the benefits. It's like being a white belt right? It's going to suck for a while. You're going to feel bad. You know, you're square one. But once we, another week goes by and then another week goes by, a month goes by, and then you say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm sort of getting into this thing. I'm getting a little bit better. You have to see that point of I'm getting a little bit better. You have to get there. And anxiety sufferers, They are out of tune with who they are. They're detached, right? They, like when they go to bed at night, 
and the monsters come up because now that they shut off the TV, they're alone and with their own mind and the monsters come up from the unconscious mind. It just goes to show you how detached they are from this past that they're being haunted by and they're detached. They don't know who they are. They don't know really what they want. In this podcast episode, I want to talk about how you find what you want when you start to explore what's unfamiliar to you and you start to develop a new, not just belief structure, but a new perspective, right? When you start to do deep breathing exercises and you start, you're, you're like, oh my God, I feel great. You know, I went to a whole new different realm of my psyche and I felt relaxed. I felt like I wasn't my mind. I wasn't my thoughts. That shifts everything. And so when you start to do these new habits and play around with a routine, a new routine and start to discipline yourself, maybe even with something like reading, you start to see, wow, I'm seeing some really powerful results. I never knew I could accomplish this thing or get to where I am now. And so act as if, act as if, have a model to help guide you. The more you surround yourself with empowering people, the people who solved the problem you have, the more you will act and think like them. The natural desire to imitate will come forth. Do you ever notice that the voice of your toxic friend or your toxic coworker infiltrates your mind after a long day do you ever notice that it's their voice in your head and not your own that is so interesting because i got that all the time and i notice that i'm carrying around their beliefs oh even when i'm away from them that's how much power people have over you you carry that energy You can use your analytical mind and say, hey, no, I don't believe what they believe. I reject what they say. I don't, you know, I learned something from this person today. I learned not to act like that. But me being an anxiety sufferer in the past, I didn't know. I didn't have that analytical developed conscience, right? I was just absorbing whatever, what anyone else said and believing everybody rather than having my own strong moral foundation and so when i went through recovery i started to develop my own strong moral foundation and my own beliefs and then when i came across somebody who was toxic i then used my analytical mind and said you know what i don't believe i like i notice i'm aware that this person is toxic and they're talking using words like 
never like generalizing or they're criticizing or they're trying to project their anger onto me. I started to be more aware of this and that awareness lessened the emotional impact this energy had on me before. Acting as if, as if you're the person you're looking up to, your mentors, acting as if changes the body chemistry. So for example, low serotonin, you're going to be hunched over. You're going to feel like you're at the bottom of the dominant hierarchy, right? You're going to feel, and you maybe you are, right? Maybe you are, but you can change your behaviors. You can change your posture to release serotonin and change your mood naturally, not artificially, not through a drug, but you're stimulating these natural body chemicals. And a 10-minute meditation in your car before work can change your physiology and it can anchor in a new state. You break the worry loop by doing something like this. And this is what I mean by changing your routines. And I go over this in uh, with my clients and I I go over their day to day with a fine-tooth comb and I try and I try and fit in or we work together, the client and I work together in figuring out what part of the day could we fit in this 10-minute routine? And I hold them accountable for not living up to that routine week after week each time we meet because I need them. Well, I don't need them. They need it for themselves to... They need to make that routine, that little routine into a habit in order to see the benefits from that. So after a month of meditating, they'll come and say to me, Brad, you know, there's a, there's a huge shift in my lifestyle compared to a month ago. I'm now more focused and alert and I feel calmer before work. And that shift can make that person's life 10% better in just like a month's time. And so these little habits are really crucial to improve the quality of your life and to improve the garden that is in your mind. If Bilbo Baggins stayed in the Shire, he would have never been the brave warrior he became. He came back to Bag End hardened and self-actualized. He would have never have known how much he is actually capable of if he stayed in the Shire. That there is an infinite amount of potential within himself. Wouldn't it have been a tragedy if he never left the Shire? Of course. At first, before he went on this great adventure, he thought, I'm no burglar. I'm no adventurer. I'm just a shire dweller living on Pleasure Island, right? I'm not an explorer. And Gandalf, 
he didn't seem see much in Bilbo. He didn't see much in him at all. He even though he he pushed him forward on this adventure, you could see in Gandalf's eyes that he had a lot of doubt for Bilbo. He even said it later in the movies that you know I I, I can't believe how far you've come. Like I, I didn't expect this at all from you. But the adventure, it called him forth. It called him forth. And what called me forth was the possibility I could get out of this cycle of anxiety. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, how I began this whole journey, the, there was this call, right? This, this, there, there has to be more to this. And I kept striving for that because my strategies, they weren't working for me. So I had to continue to find new strategies and burn off the other strategies that were not working. And coming into contact with these role models online who overcame anxiety, I realized that my life could be transformed a year from now if I do the opposite of what I did. These people online that I was looking up to, they lived a totally different lifestyle. These were people I never looked up to before. I looked up to really toxic models. An example would be someone like Kurt Cobain, for example. I'm suffering, and then I watch interviews and stuff about him and his music videos, and it kind of settles me in to my anxious identity. Oh, he's like me, you know? You know, I'm going to embrace people like me, right? That's what you do. You, you're attracted to people like you. But I thought to myself, I don't like myself. So I should surround myself with people I'm not accustomed to. And then I started to, and I saw a different way of living. Oh, this is fascinating. They got themselves out of this loop by doing these habits and behaviors and thinking this sort of way and sacrificing these things, foods, friends. Things changed. And so my old self, I didn't make the bed. And so I started to make the bed. I woke up at 10. I started to wake up at 6. I started my day off with coffee, junk, cereal, and TV. Then I replaced that with journaling and meditating in the morning and meditation. Hanging out with negative friends changed into watching and listening to my mentors, smoking weed changed into going to the gym, watching TV changed into reading. My unconscious mind started to get it. It started to say, oh, this is what Brad wants. This is what Brad values. The role models I was watching were vulnerable people. They were expressing all of their faults, insecurities, failures. And a part of me was like, this is new. I always shut off my emotions from others. Or I always thought these emotions were a sign of weakness. And they talked about their flaws and how they failed and made those catastrophic 
mistakes in their lives. And something in me clicked with these people because they seemed empowered when they spoke freely. But I saw in their eyes a freeing aspect to talking this way, that they're no longer shackled to these unconscious beliefs, these poor beliefs, and these things that they were dependent upon. They were very independent people, self-actualized people. It's okay not to be perfect. We live in a profile picture society, but the truth behind that smile that profile picture is what I want to know. I want to know your struggles. I want to see and understand how you got yourself from being a dependent, addictive sufferer to this self-actualized, independent, powerful, empowered person. And that's where I'm going to leave you on today's podcast episode. Thank you for being here with me, leaving your comments, uh, asking me questions. I know you didn't ask me questions today, but I always get your questions, so I really appreciate that. And if you haven't, visit unpluganxiety.com. I post the podcast on there. I have a podcast feed on that, on my website. The program is on my website. The one-on-one coaching is on my website. So go there for all things anxiety recovery. And lastly, do not let anxiety define who you are. I will see you on the next podcast episode. Bye for now. Brad's Powerful Anxiety Recovery Program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.